Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We'll find out in less than two weeks whether Mike Greenberg is correct and if he indeed introduces Trevor Lawrence as the first overall pick when they get down with the analysis with Keys Boys, Mel Kuyper Jr., everybody at the 2021 NFL Draft. You didn't sound convinced right there, Zubin. <laughs> you said if he just, introduced Just trying to sell it. Just well, trying to sell it, right? I mean, a lot of people feel like he is the number one overall pick no matter what, right? I mean, it's that's what's been going on since when? Three years ago? Since he was in high school, probably. Since he was in high school. And that's how, how we'll begin this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin J. Will back next week. Bart Scott is in the house. It's we great think. to have it. Uh, here it's a football Friday, we think. I think I can. Uh, sources are telling, <laughs> sources are confirming that Jay Will will be back soon enough. I don't think you need any sourcing to tell you that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one overall pick, even Urban Meyer, even though you've got all these smoke screens came out the other day and said, we're certainly trending in that direction. And I think that's the only answer you can give. But there's a bit on this show that we've uh, used over the course of time that really sets up our Trevor Lawrence discussion. You know, Key has always said, despite the fact that he was on NFL Countdown, and on NFL Live, and is on this radio show, Key always likes to tell you he's not a member (laughs) of the media. And I'm going to back Key up on this one, even though he does all these things that are in the media, because today I'm a little embarrassed to be in the media. (coughs) Because after Trevor Lawrence made these comments, he just heard some of the introduction from our colleagues, and everybody's got a right to say what they want to say. Listen, if Baker Mayfield had come out and said, I have a chip, I would have been fine. You're a two-time walk-on. You're allowed to have a chip. If you're Joe Burrow and you have a chip, I'm with you. You should have played at Ohio State, didn't, had to transfer, had to wait till your second year at LSU for people to say who you are. But to Key's point, if you have been deemed the number one overall pick before you took a college snap, why in the world would you have a chip? And this is just Lawrence's quote to Sports Illustrated. It's a big story here over the last 24 hours. I'll just give you the quote. Key, give me the reaction. I don't think this story is much ado about nothing because this guy was already, as you said, anointed as number one. So where's the chip? There shouldn't be any sort of chip. We proclaimed his greatness forever. He's not some hard scrabble guy. Quote, Lawrence, it's hard to explain that because I want people to know that I'm passionate about what I do and it's really important to me. But I don't have this huge chip on my shoulder that everyone's out to get me and I'm trying to prove everybody wrong. I just don't have that. I can't manufacture that. I don't want to. People went apoplectic when they heard this yesterday. All I think here is, yeah, people thought you were great. You're great. There's no reason to you to have an edge. The other guys have an edge. You don't need an edge. No, you do need an edge. Why? Because that's just, it, it, you, you it's got to, man. You got to have it. You should just always have that edge no matter what. I was the number one overall pick. You don't think I every single day had an edge? I played with an edge, period. But that's part of your natural personality. This and, guy's and more think, laconic guy. And I think everybody that – from, from what I know and been around, successful athletes and football players, quarterbacks included, played with a chip on their shoulder. It was all it was manufactured in their brain, whatever it was. I mean, that's just – that's just who you are as a player. You can't play this game and be passive. This is an aggressive game. You have to – your mindset has to be as such that even if you manufacture the thought that I'm getting ready to play against a team, in your mind create something. Have this illusion that they talk bad about your mom or your dad or whatever the case may be. They, you know, your hair's too long. Whatever, whatever that is, you should have that. Absolutely, I believe that. I, I believe it 100%. Now, as far as drafting him, 
whatever. I mean, right? I mean, as far as drafting him, it's your decision as a general manager, a head coach, and an owner if that's the type of individual you want to bring in the building after you sit down and you interview him and talk to him and get to know him, if that's somebody you want to bring in the building, depending on who else you have around in the locker room, what are they? Do they have that edge? Are they the leaders? Do you have that particular guy in the huddle with him that could basically substitute what he's missing? And if you do, then maybe you're okay with that, taking a guy like that. Me, I want my guys to be every single time. I don't give a damn. He could be the highest rated. I need that edge. I got to have it. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We go straight to Bart. Well, you know, for me, his comments, you know, maybe he can have a chip, shouldn't have a chip. I prefer my quarterback to have a chip. The best quarterback in the league right now, Tom Brady, the GOAT, he still has a chip. And don't tell me it's about, you know, the numbers being in the sixth round or being drafted like that. I have a bigger issue with Trevor Lawrence's father uh, comments for me saying that, you know, um, when he's not winning the Super Bowl at all costs, he's not that type of guy. Like, What? Like, then what are we suiting up for? I need my guy to want to win a Super Bowl at all costs, any means necessary. Hell, we watched Ronnie Lott, you know, cut a pinky off. I knew you was about to say that because I was literally, when you finished this there, I was literally about to say, well, Ronnie Lott cut his fingers off. Right, yeah, he cut his damn finger off. Like, I need it to be that important to you because if you're not going to lay it on the line, you say, listen, I got to have quality of life. I'm married. I got to spend my proper time with wife. Sometimes you got to be like uh, Jimmy Buckets. You know what I mean? Jimmy Butler. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody coming to the bubble, man. I got winning to do. If you ain't about this coffee life, I ain't got nothing for you, man. Like, for me, I need a guy to be all in, fully vested. I need a guy to be willing to jump on a grenade, whatever we got to do to get the victory because we're all playing to be immortalized. You know, it has to mean something to you. If you're just playing to have fun and you feel like you can fold up tent and just take your ball and go home whenever you want to, I don't know if I want that type of quarterback. Now, maybe he didn't mean mean it that way, but his dad certainly meant it that way when he says my son's not that type of guy. He's not trying to win a Super Bowl at all costs. Then what the hell is he lining up to be a professional football player for? No, you you definitely want to win at all costs. When you in it, that's what Super. He said Super Bowl. He ain't talking about a game. He said Super Bowl. I'm like, you, are, you, are you, you kidding you me? You win it at all costs in the Super Bowl. It's the biggest, the biggest thing going. It's the biggest show. It's the biggest stage. It's just all of those sort of things. That's what you play the game for in the end. That's what those sweat and those tears and all that hard work in the summertime and the training camp when nobody's watching you, that's what you're there for. So what, how, how, I, how I interpret that, Key, is the fact saying, hey, if stuff get hard, what if he gets injured? What if he gets a couple concussions? He may say, you know, he may pull Andrew Luck, say, I'm retiring on you, and here we are counting on this guy. You know, we, we want him to show some grit, come back from an ACL, come back from a shoulder. He's saying, you know what, it's just not that – it's not worth it to me, guys. It's not that important. Yeah, I got other things I want to do in life, which is, is true to a certain extent, but I need my quarterback, my franchise quarterback, first overall pick, to be all in, any means necessary, whatever we got to do to be successful. Yeah, and the, and the thing is – is and stuff like that though Zubin is um, what Lewis Riddick was talking about is true if it's Justin Fields Zubin saying these sort of things then you people will approach it differently because of the type of personality that Justin Fields may have that Justin Fields left Georgia uh, basically people would say that he was beat out uh, by Jake Fromm, so he left Georgia because of that. He took his ball and ran to Ohio State. So then they would take, if he said that, they would take all of that, package that up, and create something out of it. It's just that's the way things are. And we know Justin Fields 
is a hell of a football player. And we know that he's probably going to do wonders for whoever drafts him in the National Football League and probably the same for Trevor Lawrence. But let's be honest with each other. His worth ethic was questioned. It was questioned. His love for the game was questioned. Questioned. Things were starting to be questioned. But here it is. Trevor Lawrence is telling you, and his father is saying these things to you, and people aren't questioning that. And Justin Fields said nothing but people questioning him, which is crazy. But this is the draft time. These are the things that we get leading up into the draft. There's more to come as this show goes on. No doubt. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And I would just say wait for these comments to come. Key and I were talking before the show. Sometimes you're in a situation where outside of Saturdays, you don't hear these guys talk. If you're an Alabama fan, take out the postgame comments Saturday. You just don't hear Mac Jones speak. Take Trevor well, Lawrence out Saturday. You don't hear Trevor Lawrence speak very much. That'll be different when you get to the NFL and you got to talk every day. Mm-hmm. But these are things that maybe other people know about these guys that we don't because we don't really get the access you would think even here in 2021. On the way, you may have heard well Marcus Aldridge has retired that's leading to a very interesting poll question this morning that cuts across all sports and the ultimate what if question we'll unveil it get your thoughts on it next we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The numbers game, number 12, LaMarcus Aldridge. You heard Christine Lisi there, 15 years in the league. First nine with Portland. Went to San Antonio. The expectations were big. It never really clicked between him and Greg Popovich. They were able to get the buyout. He went to the Nets, had the irregular heartbeat, and just like that, boom, a career is over after a decade and a half. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin Bart Scott in for Jay today. It's leading to our question of the day. We got a couple poll questions. I want to dig into Aldridge and Damian Lillard's comments. I mean, there's a lot of people that believe Lillard is the greatest blazer of all time already, and I know Drexler and Bill Walton are all what? there. And yeah, there's many people. There's Michael many Jordan. People. Come on. Oh, man. wait. Michael Jordan didn't get there. <laughs> right. He did not get there. Greater Scotty, I believe, played there for like a minute. Um, but yeah, greater than Drex. It's out there. Come Walton. On, the, the, yeah, the latest is the greatest. You know the world we're living in right now. We're going to get to that in just a second. But based on Aldridge's retirement, certainly wish him well in the next chapter of his life. It got us thinking this morning. Um, who's the ultimate what if guy? If this guy was healthy, what could he have done we see injuries are just a part of sports it's a part of life sometimes it's luck sometimes it's something worse than that but your career is cut short but what if this guy or this gal was healthy what could have been that is what would spurred no pun intended that's what spurred out of our minds <laughs> after we heard that the former spur lamarcus aldridge is going to retire 888 say espn 888 the ultimate what if 
this person wasn't injured, what could they have been? First things first, though, let's hear from Damian Lillard. Like I said, he wears number zero, but he thinks there's a 0% chance that one day LaMarcus Aldridge won't be remembered in the rafters in the Rose City. I think in a situation like this, basketball is the, the least of, of his concern and everybody else's concern. So he, I'm sure it's a tough decision for him, but I'm glad he made the, the decision in the best interest of him and his family. It's time for the, the Blazers to retire number 12. Man. I mean, there's no denying the kind of career he had in Portland um, and what he meant to this city. So um, I think that's the proper respect, you know, to retire that jersey because of, you know, who he was and what he did for this organization. Boom, that's Lillard on LaMarcus Aldridge, done in the NBA after a career mostly with Portland and San Antonio and very briefly with the Nets. All right, so why don't you guys weigh in on the poll question to see if we can get a little interest during, again, 888-ESPN, the ultimate what if. If this person wasn't injured, what could have been? Key, who's the first person that comes to your mind? First person, that, so many, man. But I'll say Grant Hill, what if that. Um, and then a, a guy who... It's gone through a lot. Uh, Tiger Woods. Mm, yeah. Like what, what, you know, like what if some of the injuries that came up on him and creep, where would he be if those injuries didn't creep up on him from several years ago? You know, car accidents, whatever the case may be, uh, back injuries. Like what, what if, where would we, where would he be today with his golf game? Well, since we both get two now, so um, I think I'm going to go with Bo Jackson first. Bo knows what would have happened if Bo would have played a 10-year career, not, you know, messed up the hip. Yeah. And then to, to keep the Portland theme going, what about Brandon Roy? You talk about great Portland Blazers, man. He was a beast. You know, only been in the league six years, all, all NBA, you know, three, what, three-time all-star in six years. He was on a trajectory that was going to be out of this world, man. Brandon Roy was a beast, and I don't think a lot of people even remember him or know just how good he was. Greg Oden, Portland. That's I mean, it's name. a it, you know mm-hmm. Sam Bowie. I mean, it's just a ton of players that you would think of. What, what's what's the uh, y'all mean? Nah, because y'all mean got a lot out of it. Yeah, so true. it really you know with Livingston, the point guard from oh, the, Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston. Yeah. What what about him when he got hurt with the Clippers? Yep. And then, he, you know, obviously he bounced back to have a successful career, but he was supposed to be something different. Corey in New Jersey, what do you think? The ultimate what-if guy. If he wasn't injured, wow, look out. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Grant Hill, if he would have stayed healthy, he could have easily been a top-five player in NBA history. I think his offensive game could have been, like, one of the greatest of all time. Obviously, he got cut short, but, um, you know, I think he could have definitely been one of the greats. And since we're on the road now with the Duke dudes, go for it. Our own Jay Williams. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking the, about. Our yeah. own Jay Williams. Yeah. Right? You know, Jay Weezy. Think about that. He was young. He hadn't gotten going mm-hmm. in the NBA yet. He was still trying to find his way. Right. And then he made a decision that I'm never going to let him live down because mm-hmm. <laughs> I always mess with him about it. Should have called me, bro. I would have told you to stay your ass off of that. Yeah, a lot of it makes sense, right? He had the point guards. The ball was always in his hands. He went to a team that absolutely was going to give him <laughs> a ton of playing time. The triangle. Right? That was the problem. The right. triangle, it wasn't in his hands. Right. But, yeah, we, they would have got out of the triangle, and they would have built around him eventually. He would have been an all-star. I'm going to go with Tua. It sounds funny because it's one of those things where it just goes to show you, and obviously, Key and Bart, you played the game, but just as a fan just really? watching. Yes. <laughs> you, you may have mentioned it a couple of times. I remember during Super Bowl week, several, several people had confirmed that you played in the Super Bowl, all of our guests. But I would say this. 
it's one of those things you're watching a college football game on a Saturday. You're just uh-huh. watching you in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's just a lazy game. It's on ESPN. They're at Mississippi State. It's no big deal. They're going to steamroll the Bulldogs. It's Starkville, whatever, getting ready for my college football Saturday. Two is out there. Blink of an eye. Career's over. I mean, that's how it happened, right? I mean, I remember our broadcast when that happened, the looks on everyone's faces and people thought he may not be able to ever play football again. Obviously, he rebounded. He ended up being a top five pick in the NFL draft. But think about it. If he stays healthy, you get one championship for sure when he comes off the bench against Georgia in the championship game in electrifying fashion. Then maybe he ends his career with another championship if he doesn't have his Alabama career cut short that season. Suddenly, you got two national championships, and boom, you're in the discussion of one of the greatest college quarterbacks of the modern era, but it all just goes to show you sometimes for athletes, it's a slow burn. They just don't have it. But for Tua, it was literally, wow, Heisman Trophy contender, one of the best players Nick Saban's ever had, blink of an eye, career is over. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how fast it went. It, it uh, I mean, he got a lot out of college, but he could have certainly uh, expanded the numbers and did some things and won a championship probably again, but he got a lot out of it. His story's still being written. Yeah, too. and he got a lot so, out so of it. So his story's still being written. He can still come back from it. One more, Barb. We're gonna keep them coming, guys. We got to run here, but I'm gonna just get to this one because this is a really good one. I think we're all gonna be like, "Yep." Demarcus in New York, what you got? What if Kenny Harway has stayed healthy? He was marketable. He was young. He had sneakers. He had handles. Real athletic. What if Penny Harway has to stay healthy on Orlando Magic? I like that. Little Penny. Everything going, right? Little Penny, big talent. I'm just trying to – yeah. I mean, Shaq was kind of – when Shaq kind of left him, it was kind of yeah, something different. Yeah. Don in Dallas, old school, what you got? Nothing. Don, Don in Dallas was going to say Jim Brown. I he need to stay healthy. He played nine years. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't – I, I thought I, he was fine. I didn't realize he retired yeah, because of health. I he, thought he, he just, retired because he, he didn't wanted to, be want to get hurt. Yeah, I thought he no, retired. No, no, no. It, it was because Art Modell didn't want him to come back from filming a movie, and he was like, you know what? Forget your movie. I mean, forget you. I'm going, I'm going to do my movie. And yeah, he retired that day. I didn't That's think how that health. happened. You know, I have to know that type of Cleveland Brown, a.k.a. Ravens history. Okay. What about Gail Sayers? Gail Sayers, yep. The Galloping goes. We can't you – know, here's, here's one. Tony in North Carolina. Uh, give me a couple here. I, lo- I love one of these. Go ahead. Um, just for the football fellas on there, I'm going to say RG3. Yes, I like that one. And for the basketball fans out there, y'all know, man, D-Rose would have changed the whole NBA if he would have had a healthy career. Yeah, D-Rose is a good one. RG3 was a good one. Mm -hmm. Shanahan, kind of, in my opinion, rushed him back too soon instead of just, you know, letting him sit around for a year or two to get healthy. They kind of needed him back to save their jobs in Washington, but it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Indeed. We'll continue to take your calls all morning long. The ultimate what if, if this guy would have stayed healthy, wow, the stories about him would never end. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Not messing with Bart. I was healthy. This still was a bum. (laughs) Keep him coming, 888-SAY-ESPN. On the way, there's a ton of talk about who the 49ers might take at number three, but Key is going to say it. He's going to invoke it. Could there be any chatter about who the Jags really take at number one. He says, leave the door open. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Is there any possibility in the world he could be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, even though all the momentum and chatter has been on Trevor Lawrence for several years now? Keep away in in one second, but also on that number one tip, who's the number one athlete that comes to mind when you think, man, if this dude just would have stayed healthy, we'd be talking about him 20, 30, 40 years after he retired. Or maybe he's a recent retiree and he'd still be playing now. Who's number one on your list? We'll take your calls. They're fired up. They're filling up at 888, say ESPN. Before we get to that, Key, mm-hmm. we broached it yesterday. My eyebrows were raised. Everybody, I mean, Goodell can, you know, for the first overall pick in the 2021 draft, he can have his little card and write Trevor Lawrence in pencil. I think you'd go with the Sharpie and write it in, but... You are saying, because it is Urban Meyer and the association with Ohio State, and it's the draft season, and we're under two weeks away, and you never want to tip your hand, that there is a possibility, however remote, and I'll let you put the percentages on it, there is a possibility that you would not shut the door on Justin Fields going number one overall. I wouldn't. I mean, you just never you, – you, you, look, man. You never know what these coaches and these front office people are thinking. Yes, did the Trent Baalke, the general manager down there, and Urban Meyer, the head coach, certainly have their eyes on Trevor Lawrence because he spoke to Peter King and he said to Peter King, hey, yeah, that's the direction that we are going in. We're looking at it that way. It looks to be that we're going in that direction of Trevor Lawrence. He didn't say it. He didn't say that was what it was. He just said we're going, you know, that's kind of the direction. But when you look at – Justin Fields and, and his ability and some of the things and the principles that Urban Meyer's quarterbacks have had in the past, this may be something that piques his interest. He did recruiting. He understands him. One of the guys that he hired to bring Ryan Day to Ohio State to run an offense and to take over as the next head coach was Ryan Day. Handpicked by Handpicked. Him. Mm-hmm. You don't think those conversations through not only this year, but 
the last couple years have been. Mm-hmm. Hey, how's the kid? What What's his mindset? He's got all the intel about him right there. He doesn't have to think, question, nothing. And it just – I don't know, man. I just – sometimes these drafts, you know, think about it. Bill Polian had a chance to take Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. In the end, in the end, not two weeks before, but in the end, final – Minutes leading up to the draft, he made a decision to go with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. I understand that because this love affair has been going on with Trevor Lawrence for so long that everybody just assumes that's what it is. You can't assume until it's done. That's all I'm saying. Manning and Leaf is the ultimate what if. What if it had gone the other way and they had chosen Leaf? We're asking what if for guys' careers, right? If this guy or gal, whatever, had not gotten injured, what could have been? The phone lines are filling up. There's some really great ones here. Because think about it, though, Bart. Last year, during college football season, he was a can't-miss prospect, right? Number one, he's the Andrew Luck of the next generation. He's a this, he's a Peyton Manning, he's a that. He's a every quarterback you could think of. This is the guy. And then all of a sudden, you fast forward to where we are today. It's like, well, you know... We really like this Zach Wilson. This Zach Wilson guy is really good. Okay, so if Trevor Lawrence is your can't-miss, lifetime, once-in-a-generation, family guy, all the things that they say, and then all of a sudden Zach Wilson comes along, and Chris Sims said the other day, the former quarterback of Texas and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and he goes on and he says, well, he would take Wilson over Lawrence. So what does that make Wilson? Is he now all of a sudden a can't miss, surefire, Hall of Famer, and all yeah. these other things? See, nothing's a can't miss, though, Key. Like, that, that's why it's a draft, and we, we don't know, right? We don't know out of all these guys who's going to be the guy, right? Exactly. Because at some point, every one of these guys were the guy in high school, right? Exactly. And we thought that they were going to go to where their prospective colleges and were going to be the guy. Some worked out, some didn't. Right. And, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't have Trey Lance in this discussion that we we're talking about from high school. We wouldn't have Zach Wilson. Right. But it's all about development. Who's going to continue to get better? Who's going to go in the right situation? Now, we think about Urban Meyer and saying, OK, making an argument for why he would take Justin Fields, because you would think that he would already understand the verbiage. You would think he would also understand the, the offense, the concepts. So it would be an easier, smooth transition if he was to go to the pros. But there's no way that Shai Khan would allow, I believe, because for you to miss on a prospect that we've been waiting to come out for the last two or three years. But you've been waiting for him. But you also been waiting for Justin Fields, too. The only difference is Justin Fields didn't play as a freshman, so the hype machine yeah. didn't catch up to him into a year ago. And he didn't get the title. That's what it is. But that, when you, I'm not when, you drafting know, you, a dude based on no title. But, but you know when he get the title, what that usually means, right? That, that, that puts the ultimate hype on you, right? Look what he did with his team. Look how he took his team to the championship. You know, that's why I was so surprised when Deshaun Watson came out. They didn't give him extra credit, and people passed on him knowing that he was a winner, right? He had all the skills, and then the intangibles. Usually what separates good from great is the fact that this guy is a champion, right? Because it's something that happens to you when you win a championship. It says that you know how to finish the process. Justin Fields wasn't able to get it done so of course they push they push him down a little bit but listen you know when you think about it I think it, the, the draft starts at two right because you you know I think whoever was at one I don't care what team was at one will have to take Trevor Lawrence just because the narrative of he is the next Andrew Luck 
because what Justin Herbert did in his rookie year, in their game, in, their, in the way they're built, it's very, very similar. They're both 6'6 quarterbacks, strong arms, and more athletic than people give them credit for. So now you you, you, you got to make that one. I think the draft really stars on, you know, does the Jets make a mistake not taking fields? And then Zach Wilson turns out not to be a durable quarterback, not to be able to be the quarterback that they anticipate him to be. We should also mention Urban Meyer. You know, Justin Fields had two pro days, the most recent one this past Wednesday. Urban did attend his first pro day in late March. So in addition to, as Key said, getting to know the intel beforehand, he was there to watch him in an official Jacksonville capacity. And even though the odds are extremely remote, let's just go back to reality. According to Las Vegas, Lawrence's minus 10,000 to be the first overall pick, to use the word overwhelming would be underwhelming when it comes to the odds, the overwhelming number one overall pick, and that's probably the strongest word I can come up with because I can't think of another word. Minus 10,000 is incredible. Fields is sitting there at plus 3,000, so even though Key is opening the door and it would be an incredibly juicy story, everybody out in Las Vegas is essentially saying it's signed, sealed, and delivered, which it likely is. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Mako. Was 2020 full of dings, dents, and scratches? Using your tax refund at Mako can help refresh your ride with your refund at Mako. Undo a little bit of last year. Head to Mako.com to get an online estimate, a free one today. Uh Uh-oh, better get Mako. Let's continue the conversation here with Field Yates, ESPN, NFL Insider. Field, obviously... Um, you, we're going to have him here in just a few minutes and we're going to talk to him just a little bit about what we think about if he thinks key, there's anything that you're saying to the fact that it could be some sort of, you know, some sort of backroom work that could have fields get picked up. Look, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm just looking at, again, a guy who's been in that same building in Columbus, who knows that staff. Who, who, you know, he knows those people in the building. He hired damn near the entire staff. So it's just when you have that sort of intel on a player at, at this magnitude, they're not that far apart in terms of play. Some would argue Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence, just like they argue Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. It just depends on what Urban Meyer feels. That, that's what it depends on, whether or not Urban Meyer feels that way. Because there's a lot of people that feel like one is better than the other. Let's bring in Field Yates. All right, Field. Um, I, know, I know if you're playing the field, you got to go Trevor Lawrence, number one, as I just gave you the Vegas odds. Um, and I know Key obviously knows that as well. But it is this time of the season. Here we are, less than two weeks away from the draft. The, I mean, the link between Meyer and Fields is there. It's a tangible. It's a real thing. We've seen draft day surprises before. <laughs> what would it take for you to buy this, though? Did we have a draft day surprise in what regards, Zubin? Did something happen with Trevor Lawrence at the top of the draft or otherwise? Uh, we were just debating the possibility, however remote, however remote, that because of the relationship between Urban and Justin Fields going back to Ohio State, the Ryan Day link, uh, the fact that even though they publicly said it's all moving in Trevor Lawrence's direction, even deferring to owner shot. Yeah, con- I'm going to go with, <laughs> I think there's about a good, as good a chance of me being drafted number one overall <laughs> as Justin Fields or anybody else not named Trevor Lawrence. I, I think this is signed, sealed, delivered. This is Trevor Lawrence all the way, taken to the bank. Um, you know, and I understand Honestly, this is my first thought, is that the NFL draft should be conducted sort sort of yesterday, Zubin, because we're at the point now where we've gone through all the different scenarios and had all these debates. 
that now we're like, what do we do for the next two weeks? Now, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. It's unequivocally going to be Trevor Lawrence. If you live in Jacksonville and you're a real estate agent, you might as well start looking for houses for him. If you're a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you haven't already bought a Trevor Lawrence jersey, I'm not sure what you're waiting for. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. All right, I want to ask you this, something that's more realistic. The Pats are picking 15th in the first round. I want you to take a listen to this from Bill Belichick talking about the possibility of a little movement by the Pats, who Belichick's boss, Robert Kraft, said, most notably recently, you know, we haven't drafted very well recently, which is why we spent so much money in free agency. Here's Belichick on the notion. Listen to this. We'll get your thoughts. You know, at 15, I think we could eliminate a few players that won't be at 15. And then you could look at a couple scenarios and say, well, if, you know, these three players are there. Which one would we take? If these other three different players are there, which one would you take? You know, you, you go through that exercise and, and, and talk about that. I would say normally something will happen and, and there could very well be a player there that uh, either you don't expect to be there or maybe he is a couple spots, maybe at 12, 13, he's still on the board and you really thought that he'd be gone in the top six, seven picks, you know, then the question comes, you know, do you move up and try to get that player that's fallen a little bit? Does that indicate to you that they might be looking to move up a few spots? No, not really, Zuman. And I think it's, I, I'd say this, is that like I read something into it, but not necessarily everything into it. What I read into it is that, you know, just logically, like if you're going to make a move like the 49ers made, like that is a sink or swim move, right? Going from 12 to 3, that quarterback that you're going to take at pick 3, which I believe, and I think everybody believes, or most of us believe, will be Mac Jones, better be franchise-altering. He better be the player that unlocks Super Bowl wins for you because you believe your roster is good enough elsewhere to win a Super Bowl with improved quarterback play over the next few seasons. If it's not, it's going to wind up being, A, a move that is viewed as a failure, and B, a move that costs you a lot of draft capital. Your pipeline to young talent over each of the next two drafts in the first round is already gone. So while it won't cost the Patriots as much or wouldn't cost them as much to move up from 15 to 8, as an example, as it did for San Francisco to go from 12 to 3, it's one of those moves that, like, it has to be for a player that you are absolutely certain about. So that being said, I think if the Patriots do have a guy that they are enamored with but not necessarily obsessed with that starts to slide a little bit, then I could see a more logical trade-up in the move or the scenario that Bill Belichick is referencing because especially if it's not a quarterback, then the price paid to move up from 15 to like 11 or 12 or 13 will be not nearly as prohibitive as what San Francisco paid. So I'm keeping my eyes on the Patriots in the quarterback market. I'm keeping my eyes on them as a potential move-up candidate. I don't believe, though, that they're going to be the kind of team that would make a move-up from, let's say, 15 to five or 15 to four where Atlanta currently picks. Phil Yates, ESPN NFL insider joining us here this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Zubin. Phil, you mentioned the San Francisco 49ers giving up a haul to move up from 12 to three. But why would you give up that to go get Mac Jones when he could probably most likely fall right in your lap when Trey Lance, as well as Justin Fields, in my opinion, are far better quarterbacks than Mac Jones. Yeah, I think the 49ers felt convinced that the floor for Mac Jones, the floor was pick eight, which was where Carolina 
was, is ticking, obviously. That was before the Sam Darnold trade. So in the Sam Darnold trade is sort of like a part of a series of events, right? Like there's the chain, the chain of events that includes not just the Sam Darnold trade and also the Mac Jones trade, but I do believe, you know, Deshaun Watson's legal situation right now has impacted some of these teams thinking as, as we all know, he was at one point considered a very strong candidate to be traded somewhere. I think as of right now, it's more difficult to envision a trade scenario. So I think they felt like a, the Mac Jones floor was pick eight, but B, I think the 49ers feel as though when it comes to quarterbacks, you don't want any, any doubt whatsoever. And I think they felt that once they had gotten comfortable with two quarterbacks, and it sounds like in assuming again, Trevor Lawrence is gone. So they're not really getting comfortable with Trevor Lawrence because they have no shot at him. But if you get up to pick three, that means that as long as you're comfortable with two other quarterbacks, that you're sitting pretty at pick three. I think they wanted to eliminate doubt. Uh, Dave Gettleman, the Giants general manager, and I'm I'm using this example, understanding that people are going to say, that's not really like a positive anecdote, but I'm I'm just using it as context, (laughs) is that the Giants a couple of years ago took Daniel Jones sixth overall. And a lot of people said, hey, you know, like, why take Daniel Jones sixth overall? He might have been there at 12 or 13 or 14. And the point the Giants made was, I don't care if he's, he may be there. I don't want may be there. I want, is he going to be there or not? And unless I know for sure that he will be there, I can't afford to risk him. So I think the 49ers are eliminating risk, eliminating any sort of unexpected outcomes, which in the draft, as we know, when you've got 256 picks, there are very few certain things. The 49ers created their own certain thing. Now I'm making you the general manager of the 49ers. Who would you pick at three? Uh, I would be taking Justin Fields. I'm with you, Key. Um, and look, I-, I love Justin Fields. I think he's a player that is sort of built for the moment. Uh, the tools are elite. Uh, he is ascending as a player, right? I mean, he and also, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. You know, these guys played just three years in college. They're same high school class from the same area. Like, there's room for this guy to get a lot better. Um, I-, I totally – it's not that I – dislike any of the top five quarterback prospects, but presuming Zach Wilson and also Trevor Lawrence are gone one and two, I'd be taking Justin Fields and I'd be feeling great about it. And, you know, it's, it's, it has been made, the point has been made countless times by now. It's not just what he can do within the structure of the offense the 49ers are running. It's what he can do when the, the play breaks down, which has become such a huge part of offenses now. It's the second reaction plays from quarterbacks around the NFL. It was an area that Josh Allen completely mastered this year for the Buffalo Bills, which is part of his success. Lamar Jackson's always been great at it. Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal at it. Russell Wilson, the list goes on and on and on. You had eight quarterbacks run for over 400 yards last year. There might have been a season where that never that happened with like one guy back in the day. So I think the NFL is trending into a different direction, and Justin Fields, I think, is one of the kind of archetypes for the future of NFL great quarterbacks. Phil, listening to the mandate by um... – Robert Kraft to Bill Belichick to identify the quarterback of the future, you know, assuming that Zach Wilson is gone, assuming that maybe Mac Jones is gone. Who's the preference for out of the remaining quarterbacks? Who's the preference um, for the um, new England Patriots and feel we got like one minute. Okay. I want to go with uh, Justin Fields here as well. And, you can make a case for Trey Lance. I certainly have no issue there. I just think Justin Fields is a bit more of a certainty than Trey Lance with just 17 college starts. Trey Lance played just one game this past season. Trey Lance is an unbelievable prospect, but he might need some seasoning. And while the Patriots 
hypothetically could use a full bridge year from Cam Newton to whichever quarterback they end up with in the draft this year. It's also possible that if Cam Newton in 2021 looks like the second half of 2020 Cam Newton, that they may, the Patriots may need to start you know, a rookie quarterback by you know the third game of the season. So I think Justin Fields would be their ideal target based off of some of the boxes they need to check at their quarterback spot this offseason. And uh, if Justin Fields goes to the Patriots, ooh boy, that's all I can say. Ooh boy. Indeed. We'll find out the answer to that question and so many more in 13 days. Can't wait for the draft to get here on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Field, thank you very much. With the first. All right, guys. Have a great <laughs> We're show. presented by Progressive Insurance. Field Yates joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. On the way, Chicago's only Super Bowl winning quarterback in decades sounds like. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.